Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I am, of course, your host, Brad Hamilton from Alaska. Joining with me today, we got... Tweed. That is not my name. We got Tommy Johnson from Iowa today. Uh, I am here, and I am still playing Exioc. For the oh, time being. <laughs> whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. Don't talk like that. I'm not. I'm not. I dare not. And I lost my beard last episode, so I don't look he like did. a squat old man. Beardless non-Lloyd Exioc. We got Matt Wolf from Washington. Uh, actually, I'm in California now. Hi, I play Hirak. <gasps> Ooh, California boy. That explains the uptick from California views. Yeah. It's, it's all me. Entering the state, your very presence just generates millions of views. <laughs> I'm handing out flyers on the street side. We got Jeffrey Leadon from uh, Chicago. Hey, it's your boy Marcus Smith here. And Toby. And Toby. Just a pile of mechanical well, bolts right now. Just oh, a bolt. And, and the real mega miner himself from the small town of Elgin. We got Casey McCoy. That's also not my name. Don't dox me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right. We got some emotions to deal with at the beginning of this episode. It's going to be fun. Fred? I don't know. I got to sort through my emotions. <laughs> Same. Most <laughs> men do. Emotional. <laughs> uh. No, I, th- I feel like I... Ne- uh, in order to get me into this one, I feel like we'll need a, a good uh, uh, setting description, and then uh, I think I'll be good to go. Well, that's a great coincidence, because I have a recap all prepared and ready to go. <laughs> Whoa, Beautiful. nice. What? I know. Kind. I'm actually doing my job for once. It's great. Give yourself a point of inspiration. I will definitely use that against you. <gasps> Don't <No>. do it. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. Recap. After falling into a hole in the elemental plane of Earth, the problem solvers found themselves being held captive in a zero-gravity chamber. Tempers were on edge, and when someone came to check in on them, Exioc immediately shot them with an arrow in the eye. It was a knife. Was was it a knife? With a knife in the eye. All right, I'm not doing my job well. Uh, (laughs) It soon was revealed that the people in control were, in fact, the Avariel, a race of winged elves who have been there in the elemental plane of Earth since the arcane apocalypse eons ago. The guards, Soli and Runzi, disarmed you and led you through a massive, beautiful underground cavern known as the Aviary to a central building with marble, tiered columns, and a golden domed roof. You were presented to High Lord Veritas, a lithe and somber Avaria with glittery wings. He explained why you were being held captive and his reluctance to help the party due to Mason's ancestry. However, when Mason began speaking about his ancestors, Exioc was mildly triggered and flew off the handle. Mildly? <laughs> yeah. That's putting it mildly. That is putting it mildly. <laughs> A fight broke out, and you were restrained by the guards who came down from the domed chamber above you. Even though you were, con- or these are considered elite guards, they had a very hard time restraining you. And uh, luckily soon, Exioc was pinned down, but not before... Uh, angers and tempers flared up Veritas regained his composure and asked that you all remain within the holding cells beneath the central citadel here while they tried to figure out what the heck to do with you you are all now currently beneath the garden in a holding cell and uh, Soli and Runzi have left you unattended while they go and grab food and lodgings for you as you are all here besides Exioc unlocked in your cells, Hirak, you looked into the cell next to you, and there was an elderly sleeping elf who had just identified herself as Minerva. 
All right, we got a lot of things to do, so I'm going to set the scene of what's going on, where everyone is, and then you guys can just go for it, all right? All so, right. we got a circular chamber here. We got uh, eight cells in total that are here. Everyone has their own cell. Exioc, you are behind bars, and these are pie-shaped, kind of like our Anderson dorm rooms. <laughs> and, throwback. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they are about 15 feet in depth and starting at five feet in width at the door. And then they expand out to 15 feet as they hit the edge of the wall. Um, the beds are all up against the far walls and the doors are open on everyone's cage except for Minerva's and Exioc. The, uh, stairs spiral upwards leading back to where you guys came from. Everyone here is in the zero gravity still in effect so now that the guards have left you are all floating off the ground and kind of have to hold on to something in order to anchor yourself but the zero gravity effect is you've kind of learned to work with it a little bit what you have to do to push off of something you know swimming through the air doesn't really work super well so you kind of have to <clears throat> pick your pivot points but we have all of you currently in your own cells as now the guards are just disappearing up out of the room. Wait, is, is Exoc in the same area as this? I thought he was kind yeah, of he's just taken locked. to his own Guantanamo Bay. No. <laughs> like, his cell is just locked. Ours are open. Yeah. Right. Brad, are the, uh, okay. can you describe the cell bars? Are there cross links or are they just vertical? There are vertical and then every two feet there is a cross. So it's enough to grip onto they are iron bars but not something you can slip through okay good deal who wants to go first i think hirak would like to so i think the last thing i said was hi i'm naming my name is hirak and then she said like my name is minerva go to sleep or something like that she said she was trying to sleep uh sleep. she is on her bed very peacefully and even though all these people just came downstairs, she does not seem bothered by it in the slightest as she is just trying to uh, retain her composure and try and meditate. Okay, so um, I'm going to say, <clears throat> Minerva, it's it's nice to meet you. Um, you don't know us, but you can trust us. We're friends. We were... Uh, we came down here with uh, a friend of yours, and uh, we're trying to get out now. Um, you see, she opens up one eye and looks at you and kind of eyes you up and down, closes her eyes, and settles back into her bed. <laughs> I know you've been here a long time. I know that you don't. you can feel it in the air, too. I know that there's something suppressing you. Um, but even though you don't know me, um, I'm going to get you out of here. She takes a deep breath, puts off the blanket and sits up really slowly. Like you would expect an old person to sit up, kind of like struggling, uh, shifting her weight around to sit up, even though it's in a zero gravity chamber, you see her arms and legs look very thin and frail, even for an elf. And she sits up in the bed and leans forward and pushes her gray hair back behind her pointed ears and looks over at you and says, <clears throat> well, it's been a long time since I've seen an Aarakocra. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's been a while since you've seen anyone, huh? 
Yes, um, it's been years, in fact. I mean, granted, the concept of a year is lost on these bird brains, but, you know, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense, of course. None taken. <laughs> Look, what do you know about this place that can help us? I know that I I doubt you're down here on your own will, and, you know, I may take some convincing, but I, I think that, you know, you'll learn to... Uh, enjoy our company and i think we have similar goals who did you come with i don't see anyone here that i know that's the thing um we came down here with uh nicky mub as you can see he's not with us anymore but we we believe he's still on this plane You see her eyes have flared at the sight of Nikki Mub and there's like a bit of energy that spikes back into her consciousness. And Ooh. is it anger um, or give me an insight check. All right. Okay. Uh <laughs> oh, God, I really want to learn about this person, so this is good. Um That's a twenty-three. <gasps> twenty three. Yeah, the look you see in her eyes is one of recognition, familiarity, friendliness, and annoyance all at the same time. <laughs> okay, that tracks. <laughs> That's about as good as we. About can everybody's experience with Nikki Mub. Yeah. <laughs> she says, "Well, that is quite fortunate. Um, is he all right? Is he safe somewhere? Why? Why isn't he with you?" Um, lie, lie, I, lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't actually know his fate. Um, I'm gonna say, um, we had a run in. As you know, coming to this place isn't exactly a you know yellow brick road the whole way. It's kind of dangerous, and he ran off as a distraction in order for he trusted us to complete the mission. You see, she takes that in for a moment in his processing, and then. Gives a little half smile and says, he always was a fool, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's kind of, uh, it's kind of slippery. He's kind of hard to kill. So I, I think he's okay. At least I hope so. Hmm. Well, that's all we can do is hope, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Now, if you allow me to rest, you're interrupting my meditation cycle. All right, I'll check back in with you in the next episode, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, I I stand up and I walk over to Exiac's cell. Oh no! How is he? How is he in this cell? Where Where would you say you are, right uh, now, Exiac? So as soon as I was locked in my cage, I would say <clears throat> that I would explore every inch of it, looking for a way of escape. Because I have, in doing so, in the past, I've been able to get out of situations like that before. So, um, Brad, do I find anything in my search? Give me an investigation check. That is a. 17. So there, as, as you're looking around, there are only iron bars that separate each of these cells, mm-hmm. but the one that you are in seems to be heavily, more heavily padded than the others. The iron bars like, seem a, a bit, a bit thicker. Everyone else also, or... um, like the iron bars are thicker oh, okay. on, on this one. So like more for keeping in a harder person to control. Like and forced. Yeah. Right. 
and everyone else's has a nice carpet on the ground as well. Mm-hmm. A nice little bit of greenery and uh, plush bed that is, looks pretty comfortable. And yours is a little more barren. And it's still like kind of nice. Like it's not trash and doesn't smell weird, but it definitely looks like this is the one that they keep people in for harder circumstances. And as you're looking around, you look under the bed, you tap on the wall, try to find a way out, look for any loose sort of stone. And though these of Ariel may not be the strongest, they are great builders and there is not an easy way out of here. Okay. Uh, so after my quick search and everybody else would be brought in, uh, as soon as uh, Mason entered the room, I would kind of push myself over to like the door uh, and I would just have my hands on the door, uh, you know, kind of framing my face like a typical like uh, Wild West jailed person, <laughs> you know, would look. Um, yeah, you got you got your mug just raking it against the. Yeah. And, and I would just be um, like glaring unceasingly at. Uh, Mason, whenever he's in view. I was going to do the exact same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I would just give you this stink eye from the moment that we make eye contact and kind of not say a word and just kind of seethe, kind of. Can I roll Mm -hmm. intimidation? Oh, boo. Go for it. (laughs) Can I roll intimidation? (laughs) Damn it. Uh, Do I have to oppose this? uh, We'll call it a wisdom saving throw for you, Tommy. Okay. Well, mine is just a nine, so... Eleven. Ha! (laughs) It didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Exeox rage seethes through, and your intimidation intimidation. is is just a standoff. Okay. Uh, So I would just be there, and uh, Jeffrey, you can make your approach. So I would make my approach, and then upon getting to you, I'm going to grab your head and slam it into the bars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. Okay. Uh, Roll to to attack. Abusive relationship check. That is a nat 20. No. Yes. I don't know that double dice damage. So like nothing though. I don't know how that works with a fist. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be your strength modifier. Almost. We'll call it the equivalent of a punch. So it's one, one plus your strength modifier, but in this case be two plus your strength modifier. Mm -hmm. You got a natural 20. (laughs) That is three damage. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what a nat twenty gets you, people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, so so in, s- in in a direct response, I would kind of snap out of mm-hmm. uh of my of my seething and staring at him, and I and like sh- I'd shake it and be like, "My beef is not with you, magic box. Why should I explain myself to you? You know nothing about me." I don't need to know anything about this situation. I don't need to know your beef. Your beef is fine on your own. When your beef affects me and our way of getting home, that's when you and I have beef. I'm trying to get back as quickly as possible. This is the only way I see fit. You, doing what you just did, throws that way off. If you want to stay here for the rest of your life, I can make sure that happens. If you want to come with me back to Yetzira, you will shut up. You will calm down, and you will get over it. Then I walk back to my cell. Roll intimidation. Under under my, uh, under, as he's walking away, I'm like, uh, because I'm kind of like, just, that, that did shut me up pretty well, but I'm, I'm like, I lost my cool, I get it. But if you only knew, then you would understand. Maybe you should educate me then. <sighs> I look, I look to the, to the side hesitating what good would that do you won't trust you wouldn't trust me anyway 
trust you about as far as I can throw you. Which here, a little That's bit further. Zero, zero gravity. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'm kind of like trying to catch my breath. I'm like breathing in. My my shoulders are heaving, and I'm like, what good would it? It wouldn't do any good. I'm not a moron. You listen to me. I understand the fragile state we're in. My disguise is compromised. I hold up my my fing- one finger. I'm st- my standing in the quote lord of this realm is in the toilet, and for some reason, you are landing more blows on me than that rock over there. Am I within hearing <sighs> of that? Probably. Uh, ev- everyone hears this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if these bars weren't here, I would for sure give you a piece of my mind. But I I must. I'm not a moron. That won't improve our disposition. I can forgive those blows. I I say through gritted teeth. And I'm like, just talk us out of here. As long as you stay quiet, maybe we can get yet see Asira again. With that, I, I kind of crack my neck. And I'm like, I can do that. Okay. And then I walk back to wherever my cell is, and I read whatever books they have provided for me. <laughs> they haven't come back yet with your books. Oh my gosh, this place sucks. It's a <laughs> freaking prison. It's been two minutes. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna still be just uh, glaring at Mason. Okay. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm not gonna extend an olive branch. <laughs> just a glare off. Love it. Okay, so the room dies down in noise level for a little bit and Hirak, you hear Minerva take a deep breath, like a sigh of relief. And then uh, maybe half an hour after everything has gone quiet, you hear uh, the fl- the gentle flap of wings as Sully flies down with a bunch of stuff in his arms. You see, he's got a basket that has bread in it and some leafy greens and uh, goes and sets it on the ground and it starts floating up a little bit and takes out a couple of blankets and has some books under his arm. And he says, well, all right, uh, let's see. So food over here, food over here, some books for you. We got some blankets for you. How are you feeling there, Mr. Goblin friend? You feeling any better? I take a deep breath in and I say, yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I hate it when our guests are a little temperamental, but, you know, a little bit of hospitality goes a long way. That's what my mom always said. All right. And here we got the bread for you and for you. And he passes out everything that goes to people. The books that you're given are all written in Celestial. And they are very, very, very old, as far as you can tell. And they detail the history of what is now known as the ancient war that you guys have been hearing about. And so we can go through that at a later time of what you read in there. And that will more serve as history check stuff for you. Whenever you roll for like a history check, that's the information that you'll be pulling on. So it's not like a lore dump that you're going to get right now. Got it. Sounds good. And... So everybody gets their food and you see as Soli is uh, flying back up the stairs, you hear Hirak Minerva sits up and says, <clears throat> uh, Sullivan, would, would you mind staying for just a second? Uh, Soli says, oh, well, yes, miss. Uh, uh, right, Sorry about that. I'm coming right away. 
flies down over to my nervous cell and she's uh sits up takes something out from under her pillow and she says would you let me out of here please and picks up a little cat wooden figurine from under her pillow and uh <laughs> gently tots it over to Sully. and he says oh you finished it already oh wow how did you eat i only asked for this two days ago and she says well i have a lot of time on my hands i hope it adds to your collection well oh yes it'll go right next to the elephant you called it was it an elephant and she says yes yes and he says all right well one sec and remember we're not telling anybody about this this is between you and me yes sullivan yes i understand and he unlocks the cage and opens it up minerva gets up stretches her back and walks into the center of the room and uh does her stretches touches her toes and cracks her back a little bit takes a deep breath walks back into her cell and solovy or solely flies off nice that was a fun jailbreak. <laughs> oh, I could have gotten out of here anytime I wished. Ugh, it's just a bit pointless, honestly. What? What do you? What do you mean pointless? What do you mean anytime? You see, uh, she cracks her back again. I was tasked with the cause of finding the elemental rift that plagues the Aerogat Desert to find a solution. Uh, I'm assuming, since you're all here, you know what I'm speaking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unfortunately, I was trapped here in the elemental plane of Earth. Uh, in my journeys, I stumbled across the Avarios here and tried to convince them that the world was restored from its ancient war, but they would not listen to me. They kept me down here where I can't bother anyone and without my magic and uh, various capabilities, I'm afraid I'm just a frail old elf with not much ability. Now, <clears throat> cracks back again. There is a powerful anti-magic field that surrounds this cavern and keeps the gravity field and the earthquakes away. It's generated by the hearthstone up in that golden dome up there. Now, that's great and all for the winged idiots, but it doesn't give me many options here now, does it? You know, I'm quite a capable druid. Cracks her back again. Jump <laughs> 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 <Shem> back, problems. <laughs> but I can't do Jack Nilly while I'm down here. Veritas is as stubborn and manipulative as his father was before him, and these elves here have a nasty habit of not dying. Present company excluded, of course. But... She she puts a finger to her chin and looks around, especially at you, Mason, and says, well, now that you're here, maybe we can make it to the rift. Hmm. Go on. You see Minerva uh, takes a bit of a push off the ground and j- drifts gently over to the bars and twists her body in a way that she just gently pushes off and is like the slowest screensaver, you know, like the DVD thing bouncing off the walls. <laughs> so she's just uh, adjusting her body to where her feet touch on the walls every time like she's used to doing this. Um, and this is like her thinking space. <clears throat> now, let's see. Sizo, yeah. Mm. No, yeah, this could work. Mm. No, it couldn't, no. Uh, it might. Uh. All right, here's the deal. There is a great place of chaos and evil that rests nearby to here. It is home to the Tao, the evil genies of the elemental plane of Earth that walk this plane. 
Now, the twin sisters, Miro and Klee, have set up their dominion there. <clears throat> they feed off of the elemental energies that emerge from that place. In fact, most of the earthquakes that plague this plane originate from their domain. I, uh, when I first was trapped here, was able to quickly sneak out and make a break for the rift, but I was caught by them. I barely managed to make it out of there with my life. Once I was sure I had lost them, I returned here and begged for them to take me in, but they, you know, put me back in here, which, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, as you can see. But that was some time ago, and I was desperate, and I'm not eager to make that return journey. And I realized that if we, I am ever going to escape this place, that they need to be neutralized. But I don't know how. The Tao are far too powerful for me, or for you, no offense, you just look weak, to take on. Hey. I... Um, need to consider these options. Huh. You see, she stops and uh, readjusts her trajectory and floats back into her cage or, or her cell and sits like down to... on the, the bed in like a yoga pose and tries to take a deep breath and meditate. I'd like to pipe up. What if we move the anti-magic field? Well, good luck with that. The hearthstone is a finicky thing. It rests on top of a tripod of sorts that acts as a sort of amplifying field. And from what I understand about it and what I've been able to glean from Sullivan, he's quite a young, nice young man, don't you think? Yeah. That's not, those details aren't important right now. <laughs> also, we kind of stabbed him in his eye, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I was wondering what that eye patch was about. Was that you? Uh, don't worry about it. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Wait, who does she ask? She asked Hirak because oh, okay. he's the one that piped up. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. <clears throat> now, the range of this anti-magic field extends for about a half a mile in a spherical direction, which is why they have it up in the center of the tower and what keeps this cavern in here alive and well. In fact, if it were to be removed, it would mean all of the various floating islands and the Avario themselves would come crashing down and probably mean the death of their civilization. So it probably isn't the best thing. And as soon as it's removed from the tripod, uh, the anti-magic field gets greatly diminished to from what I can only guess to be about 25 to 30 feet. So it doesn't make much sense to take it out in its current form unless you could figure out a way to... Hmm. Yes. Well, you see, this is the option that I've been considering before as well if we were to move the anti-magic field. But it was a bit difficult for me without my abilities. And the gods don't seem like much from a strength point of view, but they hurt quite a bit if they actually are able to get an attack up on you. They're quite dexterous, if you know what I mean. Well, uh, I can think about this, but I'd love to hear your opinion since you seem like you're problem solvers of your own. Uh, at this, I would pipe up and be like, so, so, Muna, you... You say that you that can get us back. That is not my name. Right, right. These these things are are <laughs> less important. What you say that you could get us back? Well, I don't know. Uh, I know that there's an elemental source of energy that comes from Mount Saizo. Have you seen Mount Saizo? Uh, probably. <laughs> I say. <laughs> we pass a lot of rocks. I don't know. They're kind of all the same at some point. 
Yes. Well, it's hard to miss. It's the giant uh, piece of rock that lies but a few miles away from here. It reaches up fairly high. It's the center of all seismic activity here on the elemental plane of Earth. And that is where the the tension and the various uh, ripple effects emanate from. From what I understand, the Tao that live there, the evil ones, the elemental genies are... Let's say experimenters and temperers with elemental energy. And when, from my short time there and from my infiltration, I was able to learn just a little bit about them before you know I was almost killed. But luckily, I was able to make it out of their life. It's all right. You don't have to be concerned for me at all. It's fine. Now. I'm glad you're all right. But I, before I, I wasn't get myself... Concerned. Before I get myself involved in some sort of suicide mission to some place where we think we might be able to catch him, I want to know that I can actually get back. I need to get back. Ooh, temperamental, aren't we? There's a lot riding on this, okay? Do tell. I'm always in for a good story. Uh, I glare at uh, uh, Mason. <laughs> I don't say anything. <laughs> Well, it appears like you two have some issues to work out. <clears throat> I don't say anything. <laughs> we'll stare at each other. Oh, my God. Come on now. Out with it. You're mad at him. He's mad at you. No one's talking. Well, you guys have your little feeling session. I'm going to go have a look around. I close my book. Bring it with me and uh, begin to walk up the steps of the cell that we're in. Just going to go peruse the town a little bit. All right. Minerva says... Look, I've been around long enough to know that these things just are better left aired out, let's say. This is also the most exciting thing that's happened to me in about 50 years. So mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind, out with it. I shake my head. <laughs> and I, I guess I'll say, I don't want to hear anything that Rock has to say. Now, he called you a Rock. Now, how does that make you feel? I grunt and crack my knuckles. Oh, you want round two, huh? But I'm, I'm pretty confident that he can't get through the bars. So I'm, at this point, I'm just egging him on. There's no reason to start up a conflict. Why don't you just tell me what you're thinking? Uh, Mason, is it? Yes. This is a little too raspy, sorry. <laughs> speak, speak your minds. Come on, out with it. I do not have any thoughts. This little one attacked me. Now, why would he do such a thing? He's mad at my bloodline. For who I am and what I cannot control. Now that doesn't seem like a very rational thing now, does it, little one? What do you mean? It's, it's completely rational. How dare you? Bartook? <laughs> Bartook, his ancestor, was friends with Gordon. And those who fraternize with the great transgressor are complicit in the destruction in his wake. Ooh, the great transgressor. Whatever you just said. That sounds interesting. Tell me more about that. I, I pause. Someone has to pay. For what? What are you talking? We like none of us know what's going on. Like, either you stay in the cell down here, and you know we leave you, or we figure out what the heck the rock guy's bloodline is, you know, responsible for. Or like, none of us want to stay down here. We all want to get out, right? Tell me one thing, Boulder Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever meet Gordon? No. Several generations back, is he my ancestor? He is but a tale of our people. What? What did he? 
What did he do in your land? Well, he founded the town of Obsidia, along with the other adventurers. He was very noble and a great warrior. I shake my head. I'm like, no, no, no! What have you to say of his so-called transgressions? I, uh, I, I'm seething and kind of like walking back and forth. Well, I guess I wouldn't be walking back and forth. I would Flooded. be like bouncing on the walls or whatever. Literally bouncing off the walls. <laughs> he tricked you too. Why? He, you can't see through it. You didn't see through his facade. He's a lot. He, he caused all the... Mm. I never met him. For us, there's a slight pause in my in my demeanor, as uh, there seems to be like like a realization in my head, and the words that Mason shouted yesterday, or as we were up in the great hall, actually echoed through my head, where he's like, "I am not my ancestors." So uh, I pause for just a moment, then a my then my face uh yeah, so I my face was so twisted with anger, but it relaxes, and then there's a, a brief second, then. My grimace returns, and I say even even harder. So I'm like, just someone has to pay. This is fruitless. I do not wish to engage in conversation with you anymore, little one. That's fine by me. Well, I think we made some excellent progress here today. <laughs> I suppose we can pick this up at a later date. For now, uh, Hirak, was it? Yeah. Tell me. What do you think should be done? Well, how big is this tripod? It's anchored to the ground, and it's very finicky. It has to be positioned just right, and it's not really meant for travel. And whatever this field is up, then there's no magic inside it, right? That's right. And uh, as I'm sure you're aware, gravity emanates from this plane as part of the elemental energy that emanates and persist throughout it. So when there is an anti-magic field, then the gravity within it, as well as any seismic disturbances, are nullified. And so that is why this chamber is able to exist as it does. Well, I think we're going to have to make a heist. I think our best odds are um, if we all cooperate and steal this hearthstone, I think I can carry it and stay far enough away from everyone so that we can defend ourselves and I'll be able to, I think, get close enough to these evil genies to hopefully nullify them long enough that we can fight them. I think that's our best bet. We have no reason to cross the Avariel. So far, they have been kind to us and treated us fairly. It is not wise to actively deceive them at the first chance we get. The Uvariel we have no qualms with. Veritas, however, I don't know if I quite trust him. He smells a little bit fishy, and I think that he's deceiving his peoples in some way. Uh, I kind of squ- squint my eyes, unbelieving. What do you What do you mean? Um, is there um, Is Marcus still in hearing distance? Where did you go? He went exploring. Yeah, he's gone. I was done with this feeling session. Okay, I figured. But um, <laughs> I say, uh, when we were up there, Mason said something that really just hit him in a certain way, and he he seemed vulnerable, and he 
there's something he's hiding. Me and um, me and Marcus were able to see it for a second. Well, Again, I don't know well, what it is. It? I don't know. He just... Well, maybe maybe when Marcus gets back here, we could uh, find and out. I think the other thing is, I think we should read through the books. Just give a quick glance and see if there's you know any obvious propaganda or anything that doesn't line up to help you know prove our point. You know what I saw was completely you know I've you know we only had a quick hot five minute conversation with that guy so I'm not gonna say he's you know maliciously running his kingdom but I'm just saying I'm not exactly trusting of this place. Well, you might be right to misjudge Veritas. <clears throat> you see, I have been trying to figure out for quite a while now what exactly makes him tick. He is very cunning, very wise in his own rights, but he is not the he he's only been ruler here for the past 200 years or so. He is the descendant of a lineage of a long lineage of Avario that have lived here for thousands of years. The end of the arcane apocalypse was so long ago that it is more of a myth and a legend that pervades as their culture now. And as the Lord Ruler, he is tasked with keeping up the culture of the people and maintaining the status quo. And any sort of threat to that not only threatens the civilization that they have here, but also threatens his leadership role and his purpose. So I don't know if this is necessarily something that he's aware of or something that he has just been thrust upon, that this mentality of keeping things as they are. But nobody would ever even consider listening to me, even Sullivan and Runzi, whose ears I have, and to be honest with you, I pretty much have complete control over them. They still shut down completely whenever I try to bring up anything regarding the end of the war. It's not something that's even fathomable to them. Do these problem solvers have any evidence from your realm? I mean, the realm still exists. If that's enough evidence, we're from it and we're here, so... Uh, I I rummage through my pack to see if I have anything that could be uh, an indicator of an end of a war. You see, here's the thing. I come from a lineage of druids, and we received our knowledge from Kasara, the lesser being under Atarema. And she was part of the end of the war. So I should, in theory, be living proof that the war is over and that everything has settled back to normal. And my very presence here as a druid should have been enough for these people. But even I was not able to convince them. It's not something where evidence would play a role. Uh, it, I honestly don't know what would get through to these people other than seeing something for their own eyes. Hmm. Yeah, we don't have any well, evidence anyway. Here's the other thing is if we attack them or be violent in any way, it's going to be immediately used against us. And we're going to be oh. seen as, you know, spies or the enemy sent to destroy them. Very much so. I've had to play dumb for several years now. <laughs> and my people, should there be any negative relation with the Avario, we're still stuck here with them. I'm trying to reestablish yes. connection, not sever it again. Well, from what I can hear, that went swimmingly upstairs now, didn't it? <clears throat> that is between me and the little one. I squint my eyes. On top of that, 
Veritas is able to manipulate his people into never leaving this dome. You see, it's affected me as well, and she shows her arm, which is basically just skin draped over bone. Being in a lower gravity environment does not do wonders for the muscle density. And so if an Avario were ever to leave the safety of the aviary, it might have devastating effects on them. And it's that fear of never leaving that keeps people trapped in here and never wanting to leave to even explore options on the outside. And Avario has not left this place since its founding. They do all of their food growing in here. They trap any monsters that come nearby. Their magic field keeps them safe. They have no reason to leave whatsoever. And because they fear the outside so much, it perhaps leaves them a bit petrified. Nobody knows what will actually happen if someone were to leave this place that has been here for generations. Well, that being said, we also... Just realizing, if we take the Hearthstone, which is their source of anti-gravity, that'll ground everyone in the city. Which... As well as all the giant floating islands that are so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a shame. But if, if it's going to get me back home... <laughs> you said the giant floating islands? Yes, didn't you see them as you were coming into the Citadel? What if we... This might be dooming the whole place... What if we take it off the tripod for a minute, the whole, you know, surrounding area comes crashing down, and then we put it back? I don't think, because all the, all the islands are outside the city line, right? No, the entire cavern is perfectly measured, from what I understand, to be within the radius. Yeah, so, so if we take it off, then, you know... Who knows? Maybe Miro and Plia will be under a giant rock, and then we just, you know. No, I no no. Here, Bird Boy, you're not you're not seeing this here. If we move this thing, the city collapses. This thing only only protects the city. The rocks on the outside have no no bearing with this rock, this hearthstone. But and so with that, I'm gonna be like, but that's a price I'm willing to pay as long as it'll get me home. Muna, that's not my name. <laughs> okay, well. How am I supposed to know your name? I said it earlier. Were you paying attention? I was preoccupied. He, he was in a he was in a funk. Yes, I can see that. Well, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly, and I'll help in whatever way I can. I think we should wait back for Marcus. I think I think we should. You know, I don't think we should do anything willy nilly. I think we need to do a, some talking and some research before we do anything. I'll tell you what, Marcus thinks that he could talk us out of this, and I think he's got a shot. And I'm willing to put my marbles in that one and uh, just be ready if things go south. That seems like a great opportunity to jump cut to Marcus. Marcus time! (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Marcus, you floated up the stairs, and that led you directly into the lower garden, this uh, little sauna oasis area. There are ferns and miniature palm trees and a small little water source that is floating in midair. Uh, in a, have you ever seen like an astronaut with water? Yeah. So that's floating in the center here. And so the, the reflections and the ripples are playing off of that. You see various of Ariel basking and laying on the grass and talking to each other and laughing. And there are two uh, children of Ariel that are throwing a little ball to each other uh, from all the way across 
and there is a light that emanates all the way down from the golden dome through a hole in the ceiling that leads up to the upper chamber. This bottom floor has about 15 to 20 feet in height and is surrounded by marble columns all the way around. When you walk up the stairs, people uh, look over at you and just glance at you for a moment, but don't pause their conversations. But every once in a while, you see an eye glance over towards you. I don't even pay mind to uh, people glancing in my direction. I uh, kind of float upwards. I try to do a scan around, like to see as far as I can see, to kind of get a layout of what, of like if I can see the edges of this barrier zone. All right, so there's a dull light that permeates all the way throughout this cavern. It is a perfectly half spherical chamber, uh, this dome that goes all the way around. The glowing dome of gold that is on the top of the citadel rests in the very center of this place. It's about half a mile on all edges from the center of the dome to the edges of the cavern wall. As you look down, there are thick and pointy stalactites that uh, jut up from the ground. Some as thick around as 20 to 30 feet in diameter that form like a jagged, craggy ground that looks like it never gets any action. And the floating islands that are all around here are all tethered down to these stalactites. And you see there are probably 20 to 30 floating islands of various shapes that dot all the way around the cavern. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, take a look. Um, how far is... Uh, we passed a, a building on our way either up or down that was like a school of some kind. Yeah, it's about halfway between where you are and the place where you came in. Uh, can I do a basic intelligence check to see if I would be able to launch myself there? Uh, let's just say it's not too hard. Okay, yeah. I uh, position myself and uh, lift off. All right. It's terrifying. It's yeah. There's nothing around you to stop you if you go too far. And this thing is very far away from you. And so you have to judge yourself just right. And it takes you probably about five minutes of just floating in midair all the way over. And... uh eventually you see it come closer into view and you hit the bottom side of it and have to kind of pull and scramble your way up to the top but you get an arm and a hand over the top and pull yourself onto the platform and are grasping onto the grass on the gro- on the bottom of the top here to keep yourself from floating away and as you regain your composure you look up and you see five little faces just kind of blankly staring at you and blinking <laughs> Hello, I will be your substitute teacher today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Yeah. You look around to see if their teacher is there. And for whatever reason, he's not here. It looks like they were just doing their homework. And so they kind of look at each other. Go and give me a persuasion check with advantage. (laughs) Actually, neither role is terrible, but my persuasion is not great. So it's a 16. They look convinced. Hey, nice. Oh, dang. You know, I got to this point now. I'm uh, running the mo on you juice, but when the DM calls your bluff, yeah, I know. I respect it. Now, I kind of uh, ask the kids, like, oh, so what do you know of your your world outside of this dome? Have you gotten to that lesson yet? 
one of the kids puts their hand up and waits to get called on. Ah, yes, you. Uh, and say your name before you answer. My name is Tama. Mm-hmm. And the world doesn't exist outside this dome. Mm. Tama, that's a very interesting point of view. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is incorrect. Does anybody else have the correct answer? You see another kid puts up their hand. Go for it. Hi, my name is Elsara, and the world doesn't exist outside of the dome. <laughs> yeah, you're so close, but you're just missing one thing. You see, uh, she like looks super dejected, and she just like sits down, almost crying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. No sympathy. Uh, nobody else. So I am going to let, uh, like hold hold up. I have a uh, a map of the mountain region that I am from. Uh, and I'm going to pull it out. And I'm going to say, now long ago, we all know about this. I'm just going to history check my basic information of the war that they are basically only taught about. <clears throat> okay. The Great War. The Great yep. War. And I'm going to, you know, give some background information about that. But then I'm going to state that uh, life began anew. And uh, unfortunately, in our present state, we are we're stuck here. But hopefully in the future, we might be able to return. Then I'm going to say, that's where I'm from. And the reason why I can return is because uh, I've gotten rid of my wings. Oh, snap. You see, they all look at each other for a second. And there's a little boy that reaches over and starts grabbing at the wings of the kid next to him. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> now, that's not how you do it. It's a very complicated process. But you see, another kid reaches into his robe and takes out a knife. <laughs> I say, that's how you do it. Oh! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I go, oh, no, 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 no. That is not permitted on school grounds. That is an extracurricular activity that your teacher will walk through with you later. But just so you know, the world exists out there. Let your minds be free. Don't imprison yourself in this tiny orb for life. Your passive perception picks up uh, emotion coming around the bend. Now everybody, get back to your homework. And I chip back down towards, uh, you know, I oh, scramble to runs. the bottom side. And I push myself downward towards my prison area. <laughs> you make it out just in time for their teacher to come back into the room. And you are out of there without being seen. Trying to spread some anarchy. There you go. Educate the masses. Anything else you want to do before you head back? No, I kind of got what I wanted. A little bit of the... Uh, I wanted to know what the cultural bias was from the youth perspective and the radius at which this zone affects. So You got it. All right. Eventually, you make your way back down. Way. And everybody, you guys see Marcus returns. I hold my tongue. <laughs> go. You baby's done crying. I, 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 you see my mouth open, and I uh, quickly bite my bottom lip. Mm. And I go, well, that's too bad. Anyways, I think we've overstayed our welcome. Uh, I'd like to use my lock, my thieves' tools, to try to pick the lock on Exiox. So, all right, go for it. I like where this is going. It's Dex plus proficiency, right? Yes. So that is a. Brad, before we go too far past this point, that was a 15. Can I uh, roll some hit dice during that short rest? Sure. Thank you. 
15 does not do it. Does not do it. Does it break the pick lock, though? It does not. Okay. <sighs> Try again. That is a natural 19. I stick my ear up to the back of it to, to listen to the tumblers and give some uh, advice as you go. Okay, so I rolled a natural 19, so that's plus 5. Yeah, plus 5, so 24. Exioc, as you put your ear close to it and are about to give some advice, the door swings open. Oh. <laughs> ah, but thank you. I hand you uh, a book that says lockpicking for dummies. I go, there you go. <laughs> Why, I... I bite my lip again. Um, yeah. You see, it's like a book written in Celestial that Marcus has just crossed off the name and written. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It doesn't seem like too many of the people in this area are keen on leaving. From what I gather, the main conflicts this place has is between the uh, the artisans of uh, the builders and the craftsmen that uh, created some of these beautiful buildings and the intellectuals. I do feel like that is what their main focus is on. Fortunately, I've started to try to stir some chaos in the belief of the outside world. You hear Minerva pipe up and say, what did you do? I've taught some youth a small portion of things. Very ill-advised stuff. Uh, it's fine. Like, oh boy. So what do we do now? My goal is to challenge... What's the guy who's in charge? Veritas. 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 Uh, my goal is to challenge his thinking in front of a small select group of people. Present him with questions that he doesn't have... A great way of denying. Well, that would be quite a feat if you could pull it off. That's the goal. As to figuring out what kind of questions they will be, I'm lost. (laughs) I roll my eyes. Which is why I need you guys to start focusing on the real issue here and uh, stop fighting. So, you have a choice. You are now out of your cell. If you two want to fight to the death... Goodbye, Exiac. If you two would wish to, <laughs> if if you two would wish you don't to, know my uh, name. Yeah, oh, good, well, I know it's not Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you two would wish to uh, escape and get out of here and put this all behind us and eventually make someone pay, then we can move forward. I go and sit down in the comfiest chair in my cell and I put my feet up and I wait to see what happens. More of an agent of chaos at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I stand in the doorway of my cell. I haven't quite come out. I turn to... Because I am, I am scared of fate. Like, I understand I am outmatched here. <laughs> I turn to Marcus, and I say, I have two priorities. I need to feed my people and get you home. Whatever plan doesn't compromise those two objectives is good with me. Okay. Marcus, can we spend time reading through those books you got? Yeah, you wanna... I'm done with a couple of them all. For did, like... Did you learn anything? One or two. I'm, I don't know. Should I roll a history check to see if I learned anything? Sure. Uh, that is 19 total. Nice. Okay, so this is mostly just propaganda. Mm-hmm. The even though it's written in the language of the Celestials, it's written from the perspective of the Avariel, and it was written after they got here. 
and it's more of a record keeping of the history that they want to pass down through their ranks. It's not necessarily a, a historical account. If it were historical, you would see like variations between the different texts, but all three of the books, even though they were written by different people are more just commentaries on the same original text. And so it's all detailing the evil of the arcane apocalypse. It talks about one side of the faction who were wizards that wanted to remain loyal to Atarema and one group that wanted to pursue their own path and draw on their own power and the wars that broke out between the two and how they were able to access very, very high level magic and destroyed most of the world that was above them. And the brave Variel who were bred to be warriors and soldiers in this battle, but were outmatched and then hunted to extinction because of their great prowess in battle and because of their link to Atarema as being the kind of conduits in uh, a certain way and how they escaped to the elemental plane of earth where their ancestors built their city here, the aviary and set up most of the infrastructure that they have here and uh, is warning against ever leaving the place. So basically everything that is about their culture is said in various ways throughout here with a lot more details and a lot more places and names that don't really matter. None of this stuff really matters. The only thing I can really pull from here is uh, they have great pride in their tradition, but they themselves have changed quite a lot from this mighty warrior position. If we can make him tick, might be able to use this against him. How would his ancestors look at the way he's become? His weak, frail self. So you think we like, like challenge him to a duel? I think we challenge himself to his own uh, ego. Well, he does call himself Lord, so he might trip over his own ego. High Lord at that. How will the High Lords of old look at him? Well, they do have a bunch of statues of the other High Lords on the second level. Did you see those? They're quite magnificent, actually. I'll have to check those out on our way up to go visit him again mentioned that his is looking a little thin comparatively. I do have one issue. What's that? Well, I don't think they'd take too kindly if I were to leave this chamber. Hmm. Yeah. You're probably right. You might be sitting this one out for a little mm-hmm. bit. But they also kind of put you here as a timeout. If you're feeling okay, I think they're more than likely willing to just let you go. Well... I'm feeling okay, and I look at also, Mason. Also, they're not too bright. There's a good chance that if you just, uh, when they're down here, you pretend like you haven't even touched the door yet, and then you come up and actually push on it, and it's open, they'll be like, oh, what? This has been open the whole time? <laughs> True. So, just play it cool. We can, I can lock it back up if you'd <laughs> like. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already writing locking a door for dummies on, a, on another <laughs> book. <laughs> Uh, Minerva pipes up and says, it's all right, little one. You can wait with me. I uh, begrudgingly accept it. I, I'm not very trusting in general. I, I asked Minerva, Minerva, you've been here a long time. What is the proper etiquette into arranging a meeting with High Lord himself? Well, you could probably just ask. Okay, sounds mm-hmm. good. How do you expect us to make him fight with his own ego? I mean, you said you wanted to ask him questions, but you don't have any ready? That is for you to figure out when we get there. <laughs> oh, charismatic bard. <laughs> Carry us. 
I mean, there's charismatic and then there's challenging <laughs> a king's rule in a kingdom that's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> do you need any time to prepare or should I call for Brunzi? What do you think, Hurek? I keep glancing at Mason. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> well, I just keep glancing at you, worried that you're well, going to make a move. Okay, my disposition is uh, relaxed. Mine is not. <laughs> Here's the thing. Just, Marcus, I think it would be really easy for us to get out of here and, you know, not care about all hell breaking loose. But I think we got to do this delicately. I don't know how that is exactly, but we don't want to leave Mason, you know, we don't want to leave a disgruntled giant kingdom, you know, for him to fight. Thank you. I appreciate that. I can see that. These people are so bent on tradition that their sense of reason and fact are so warped. I don't see a way to show them the truth without first showing them all the lies that they've put before them. I mean, we could take that heartstone. I don't know how this is going to... feel like taking the heartstone. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is <laughs> the exact opposite of what we were just you just said. That would, cu- that would kill everyone. But here's the thing. If, if we want to see living proof of the world... You know, existing outside of this place, and do they know that druids are? I think I think the first step is convincing. The second step is a program where we start to you know they've been in this zone for quite some time. We got to set up some kind of program where they can start to. How do you? How do you? How do your people say it, Mason? Beef up, get swole, <laughs> get, um, whatever it is. The proper terminology, we'll, we'll get that later. But if uh, Mason's people could actually help them, you know, in their quest of, you know, getting back into their, what their ancestors would deem formidable mm. shape. And in return, they could provide food and assistance to his people. That is something I've considered. We're also great craftsmen. We could provide mm. services. Exactly. There's a beneficial relationship for both of them here the only problem is there's years and generations of propaganda and lies uh to the point where they are just willing to ignore everything so how do we tear that down first now minerva you've said you've tried showing in the past and that you would just be living proof did you ever show them any of your abilities outside of the dome well unfortunately none of them would ever leave to go see with me so i just had to kind of use my words i can see why they didn't believe me now that's understandable you saying that you can turn into a fox is uh i can turn it to much more than that i I bet you can i give a little (laughs) wink Uh, (laughs) oh you uh, dog (laughs) and then i go uh, how do we do this yes how do you want to do this what about uh rooney and um and sully can we convince them to come outside the The barrier? I think that could work. I think we could convince them, but I don't know how much their word really goes around town. Mm, no, but it's a start. Yeah, this is true, but why start with the toes when you can go for the throat? If you're going to succeed in what you're doing right here, the only way to make that happen is to get Veritas out of here. And that's an uphill battle for sure. Is there a night here? Or are we still in that plane where it's just always light? Yes, there's no concept of day and night here. It's rather frustrating, actually. That's why Mm. I need my regiment schedule that cannot be interrupted. She glances over at Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yurak. 
Now, as elves, they don't sleep. They do meditate for four hours. (laughs) (laughs) On a cycle. Because it's a very small window. How far above the hearthstone does the, you know, anti-magic field and anti-gravitational field go? Does it go in a full circle around the hearthstone, or is it just, like, projected downwards, like an upside-down bowl? As far as I know, it's a full spherical effect. But also, if we touch it at all, it's going to... That sphere is gonna, you know, turn into a tiny ball. As far as it sounds, turns up, turns into twenty five feet, right? Twenty five to thirty. I've, I don't know. That's just the projections that I've done. I'm not really skilled in uh, arcane magic. Uh, more of a nature magic person myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, nonetheless, it's the it turns it into a room and not a city. This is true, which is why it's heavily guarded at all times. You could kidnap him. <clears throat> How heavily guarded is he at all times, though? I would say not as much. I feel like this is a dangerous way to go. There's a lot of ways this could go wrong, and really only one way it could go right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, with our disadvantage of not having wings and him having wings, carrying him to any place would be a very difficult challenge. Well, you have an Arakaka with you. Why don't you just fly him here? Oh, 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 oh my... Herak, why didn't you say something? She well, just now notices wait, 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 for the wait, wait, first wait, wait, wait. time that your wings are broken. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of wings. They're appendages. Sad excuse for wings. I I don't know if I can out-muscle a, you know, I can move myself around the room. I don't know if I can, you know. What is what is Herox's approximate size compared to I'm small. The guy in charge. I'm really small. <laughs> yeah. How big are how big are they? They are on the 510 side. Hey, uh Definitely not Lloyd. I look uh, <laughs> pleasantly at you. Yes. You're going to make it disguises, right? Oh, you bet. I have a terrible plan. <laughs> well, I can't be that bad. I'm the only one who looks the same height. Now, obviously you'd have to cover me in feathers of some kind. And I apologize, Hirak. Hold up, hold up, in hold advance. up. What if we... I like where this is going. I immediately then, pull out my disguise kit and start rummaging exactly, through to see what I've got. Yeah, yeah. Then, what if we also make him a look like Hirak and we bandage his wings well, together so he can't use them? Here's what I think. Hirak, you get on Marcus's his back, back yeah. and you be oh, his wings. And we'll put, oh. we'll, I'll make you look like his backpack and, uh,. I'll make you look like Veritas here, Marcus. Can I say As something? I start getting to work. Okay. This yeah. is idiotic. <laughs> Are we? How hard is it to get a private meeting with the king? <laughs> you just have to ask. Then I think this might be our best shot. It's not like he's got anything else going on. How about how about we try talking to him first? And if that seems to be a fruitless way. We go with the kidnap plan. <laughs> okay, and here's the other question: When we get up there, how are we gonna talk to him? Are we gonna are we gonna go in guns blazing and say we know you're a fakey fake and there's a lot of propaganda, or are we gonna try and play dumb and see if we can get out of here? Maybe talk uh, talk some alliances on a on uh, start dumb, get smarter, you know. Start dumb, have him over-explain things, and then catch him up in his own words kind of a deal. 
Make him fight himself. And I'll be waiting down here when you guys are done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's try it. Mason, I think you should go with him. Yeah, I think it should be the three of us. Okay. He was a little on edge about the rock man earlier, but I'm I'm willing. All right. Uh, All right. So with that, I'm going to actually crawl under... I'm going to close the door to my uh, cage and crawl under the bed of the adjacent one and uh, lay there in anticipation. I'm going to be... I'm going to, like, prepare to cast silent image of me laying in that bed <laughs> if I hear uh-huh. footsteps coming down the stairs. Isn't there no magic? Give me an intelligence saving oh, throw. Oh, dang, nabbit. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to lay in the bed with the door lock, uh, unlocked and closed. You hear Minerva go, Runesay! And uh, immediately you see an uh, Avariel fluttering down the stairs, and Runesay says, uh, Yes, Miss You Cold? Oh, oh, um, hello, everyone. Uh, is the coldest treating you well? How is everything? Oh, it's wonderful. I do appreciate all the hospitality. Mm-hmm. Your books. Great to read. Like my mom always says, a little bit of hospitality goes a long way into making friends. Mm-hmm. Did you know she got me this job? Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. Oh, she's a nice lady. She's a wonderful lady, let me tell you. Uh, uh, can I do anything for you? Yes, uh, we'd like to have a, a meeting, you know, now that our um, most of our party's heads are cooled, we'd like to just go and uh, see the thoughts of uh, the High High Lord himself. Oh, all right. Well, I can go have an ask for you. <clears throat> I'll be right back. You see he, with a quick uh, switch of his wings, flies upwards. Um, You can see, Marcus, now that you're thinking about it, their wings are a lot stronger than the rest of their bodies. The muscles that they use to propel themselves uh, through the air around their shoulders are a lot more dense than their arms and legs. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. That's the one thing they do use, I guess. Right. So... Uh, he flies up and away, and you wait for a couple of minutes. He says, all right, yep, uh, he's he's willing to see you. They've been talking about for a little bit, and they got some things to say, and they want to hear your opinions, and uh, I'm meant to escort you right now. And uh, oh, okay. if you just go with me and make me look good, I kind of need mm-hmm. this job, so if you can yep. keep. Okay. Yep. All right, and so it'll just be the uh, three of you then. Um, how are you doing in there, little friend? Uh, are you okay? Can I get you some more water, anything? He's fine. He's just taking a little nap. It's all right. I know what it's like when I don't want to be talked to. I've had my bad days before. All right. Chip, chip. Cheerio. Let's go. <laughs> he leads you up through the center and everyone starts looking around at you and says, hey, hey, keep your eyes to yourself. Go about your business. We're on official God's duty here for the king, uh, the high lord Veritas. That's right. Look away. I'll see you, Sarah. Nope. Don't stop. All right. Leads you guys all up through the center to the very top. And you see he is in discussion with the three bespectacled philosophers that were there earlier. And they stop conversation and say, oh, yes, uh, I was expecting you. Go ahead and uh, have a seat over there. You see there are a couple of makeshift chairs that have been uh, quickly presented and placed down. And he says, I've got some things to share with you, but I would like to hear what you have to say first. We appreciate the time you're you're spending uh, with us. We would like to discuss potential alliances with your so-called enemies, Mason's people. Go on. We believe that there's no actual threat that they pose, and we think that you guys can both learn a lot from each other. Hmm. When we got there, when we arrived at their place, they immediately 
treated me with host uh host what is it not hospitality hostility hostility Host- they're being they're being hostile there we go because they didn't even know what a yervario was they just knew they were winks okay i think the same thing is happening here i don't think you even know them i think you're just judging them based on the lore and the stories that you guys have been fed well on the contrary the discussions of the council have decided that we cannot in good faith make a deal of any sort with the people of Obsidia, not only because of our history, but also because of the events that took place just a few hours ago. We here consider respect to be everything, and those who do not show it receive none in return. Is that how your ancestors felt too? You see his eyes flare for a second. I don't even look up. I'm just like looking at my hands like, Mm -hmm. okay. If you know what's good for you, you will watch your tone, sir. I was just reading some of your fantastic novels, may I add. Um, and, you know, they talked about, you know, the Avarial being these oh, sought-forth warriors of power and presence so that they were challenged and even hunted by hundreds just to kill one. I just feel like... I read this, and I was like, wow, these must be amazing. I can't wait to see them. And then I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> it's you guys. hey oh. I've seen the statues. I've seen the history. I've read your books, your so-called history. How far are you willing to fall before you realize you need help? Oh. Wow. How far are you willing to let your people fall before you do what's good? My people are safe. My people are blissful. They live meaningful lives where we consider philosophy and meaningful education. or menial? Is this how you would address the high lord of the Avarial, the greatest race of winged warriors to ever grace the plains? The once greatest race of winged warriors. <laughs> now a race of winged cowards hiding in your non-magical dome oh. prove me wrong or let me and my friends go give me an intimidation check dang <sighs> bruh oh my gosh. why do I suck at this stuff though uh, it's only boy. a 14 alright your words are poison They mean nothing coming from one who is such an obvious deceiver of the enemy. Mm -hmm. You are the ones that our ancestors warned us about. You are the one that would come here to deceive us, to get us to leave the safety. Take me to the edge of your city now. I will do no such thing. You will be escorted back into your holding cell and locked up. Then you will hide in your prison that you call a kingdom of majesty forever. At least we are happy here. For how much longer? For as long as I need them to be. It would be a shame if something was to happen to your precious little hearthstone, wouldn't it? Is that a threat? I I want to I want to interject. Yeah. <laughs> this is going great. <laughs> this is awesome. I try and cut the tension by interrupting and saying, <clears throat> uh, uh, "Lord, please, please, take it from one of your." own kind here. And I motion over to Hirak. <laughs> this thing, 
this thing looks nothing like us. He is a mutated bird person of the plane of air. He's uh, an abomination. Do not ever refer to me as that thing. Oh, snap. I mean, you, you come from the same lineage. We do not. We are a pure and noble breed of warriors. That <laughs> thing is an abomination of nature. Scholars, I count. I shout out instead of warriors. <laughs> but continue. No, you can continue. What what my friend here is um trying to communicate is that my people are great warriors. We spend our time fighting the great stone beasts that roam these plains. And should any of them somehow find your enclosure, you may be at grave danger, as they are large and powerful. We can teach you how to be powerful again. The Hearthstone protects us from any of the random beasts that would dare invade our kingdom. How long will that last? It has lasted for millennia. How many times have the genies come to take it? You know of the genies? Ooh. You see, like, his eyes twinge for a moment of, like, you just hit a nerve there. I know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me stroke my ego here. Push his glasses yeah. up. Uh-huh. What do you know of the genies? I know their greed extends no bounds. I know that they've been experimenting on the planes around us. The plane that you have so far called home. I, I grunt and nod in agreement. They do not know where we are. They have not found us, and they will not find us. I want to roll insight. For now. See if he's lying. All right. I mean, I'm bad at it, but <laughs> it's worth a shot. Oh, I rolled a four, so I'm not even going to add any modifiers. Uh, he's shaken, but you don't know if it's from what has been going on or what exactly that means. Okay. So let me just get this straight. Your plan is to hide here forever until inevitably, and I do mean inevitably, the genies find where you are and ransack your city and destroy everything you've so far built in the name of tradition? <laughs> the, the genies are powerless in our kingdom, as are all other forms of elemental nature that exist in this plane. They pose no threat to us. You know as well as I do that the genies have friends. People that are indebted to them for life. And hundreds would come. You see the three philosophers have been like swiveling their heads back and forth of like looking at you and then turning and looking back at Veritas and turning and looking at you as this back and forth has been going on. And they start talking amongst themselves and they're like, oh, wait, is he right? Can can they send people here? Are there mercenaries? Could there other people come in here? And there's like uh, a bunch of clutter and conversation that starts going on. At Hirak, you've been paying attention as well, and as you're looking around, you can see there are other Avariels that are starting to creep up around the edges, and the tension nice. and the voices that have been raised on here have drawn a lot of eyes to what's going on up here. Nice. Veritas, we know you know, and either you tell them, and I look at all of them, or we do. You have five hours, and I... <gasps> I uh, look at my friends and like kind of let's get out of here kind of thing. Oh. You hear behind you a familiar voice go, uh, Love Veritas, uh, what is he talking about? It's Stony. Or wait, what's his name? Yeah, it's Sully. Sully. I, uh, 
I nod to the bar and I go, hmm. I think we should let this, uh, I think we should let this stew brew some more. You guys turn to leave and the ring of Avarials that has appeared around the top layer here doesn't move. Everybody has their eyes locked on Lord Veritas. Can you explain the, the three councilmen again? Are, are they? They're questioning. They're seated next to him, right? They're in front of him. There's the high back chair, and then there's the three chairs in front of him. Okay, and they're still they're still in the dark too, and they're questioning. That's good. Right. Yep. Veritas stands up, gives his wings a good glittery flutter, and starts uh, gently floating to the center. And he says, in a loud voice, looking around, "My people, for ages we have lived here in the safety of our home. These outsiders would come and threaten us." destroying our very way of life, destroying our beautiful home that we have created here for no other reason than their own selfish gain. Even this man here, he points to you, Mason, he would come and have us join an alliance with those who came and disrespected us all those years ago to think that we would so easily forget the transgressions against our people. Are we going to stand for that? <clears throat> and you see Runzi goes, uh, no, are, are we? Ruzi, are we going to stand? So, I, I, I don't think we're going to stand for that. It's not these people that you need to be worried about. I go over to Mason. I go, his people are in desperate need at the moment of food, something that this land happens to have plenty of. And you guys are in desperate. You hear, you hear Runzi pipes up. He goes, oh yeah, we got lots of food. Mm-hmm. We got plenty of food. We can definitely help him out. And Veritas goes, silence. They have come. Runzi, they, they have come and passed up their past transgressions with your people to seek beneficial relationship. Now, if you turn them away, where do they have to go next? It's the genies. The ones who will take their abilities, which have no dampering effect here, and they will run rampant around your town. They will take your precious hearthstone, your buildings and infrastructure for crash to the ground, and the last of the so-called warrior of Ariels will be gone. It will all be because of you, Veritas. You will be the end of your people. You hear the crowd around erupts into conversations and screams and yells as everyone is going, ah, 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 just <laughs> talking to each other, <laughs> flutter, flying around like this is the craziest thing they've ever heard and their entire world is being shaken in this moment. Veritas puts his hands up and tries to calm everybody down, but they are not having it. Everybody is flying around panic. You see kids flying into the arms of their mother and people rushing around not knowing what to do. You see just chaos breaks out as soon as you say this. Veritas looks at you dead in the eye, Marcus, and says, What have you done? Time of lies is done. You need to face the truth or you need to just say, disappear. You hear him go, gods and the four guards that you saw before come down from the golden dome and they each have a spear and they set it pointed and leveled at you mason at mason and And marcus Marcus. and mason marcus mason mason marcus in here all three of you and you see he takes up his finger points it in the air and says kill them and that's where we're gonna end the episode oh what oh no what am I supposed to do? So that's yeah. what. Holy cow! Dang! Holy! Oh, dang it! Kill them! Kill them, indeed.
that was a very fun episode to record. We break it down in our afterburner over on our Patreon page. Patreon brought to you, of course, by our lovely patrons, starting off this week as we're catching up with them with Meg the Manic Pixie, who is keeping watch over the camp at night, scanning the horizon for any would-be attackers. Meg fidgets nervously with her orange boots as she spends time alone with her thoughts, a dangerous place, pondering what the next phase in her life looks like. What is life like for a manic pixie? Not wanting to get sucked into the empty abyss that is her own consciousness, she dozes off into dreamland. A manic pixie dream girl, indeed. Keith, the former captain of the Destin Fire Brigade and mayoral candidate, is preparing for the first mayoral debate. He and Noah have been prepping all night for any potential topics that could come up, such as fire safety, the dichotomy of good and evil, and natural hair products. They should be good to go. Joe, the scrawny Goliath, is also alone with his thoughts tonight. He remembers back to his childhood when his great-grandfather made a deal with a crazy voodoo lady for strength. In return, he was supposed to carry her up a mountain to his secret onion garden. Joe never heard if his great-grandfather ever followed through on that deal and has a moment of clarity about why he is not swole. He was cursed. His family is cursed. He grabs a shovel and digs a hole six feet deep and six feet across for some reason and goes to sleep. Derek the one-eyed lizard folk from nowhere, is getting sick and tired of cabbage stew. He sneaks out from under the watchful eye of the manic pixie. He stalks up to a cactus where a desert puffer monk has holed up for the night and snatches it with his clawed hand. In one fluid motion, he holds it over his head, opens up his maw, and cuddles it, and promises to love it and cherish it forever. Derek has made a friend, folks. Sophie, the official Destune tour guide, is sleeping tonight and dreaming of distant lands. The world is dark and fuzzy. It's an omen of terrible things to come. She starts running and kicking, but the horizon moves further and further away from her. Sophia wakes with a start and smiles. She's now mastered backwards walking in her sleep, the next step in her training. Casey, the wandering gypsy from Trashboro, has been coming up with the next best way to scam these poor suckers out of their cash. He sets up a stand in the middle of the night that reads, Dance Lessons, One Gold. He saw that line dance go down and is ready to cash in on the market. For now, he waits. Quietly, he says to himself, I am not standing still. I am lying in wait. Tyra, the half-elven sorceress and mayoral candidate from elsewhere, is busy prepping for her mayoral campaign, but is getting swamped in the paperwork. She could use an assistant, but there isn't anyone she can really trust here. Maybe she could try and reach her friend from the Underdark but she doesn't know the sending spell that would be required because she's only level four. So Tyra goes out into the desert and kills a bunch of small rodents and scorpions to boost up to the level five that night so she could learn the sending spell. She casts a spell and calls aid to her friend. Noah, the desert paladin of charismatic swagger, is hard at work coming up with catchy slogans for Keith's campaign. So far, he has a bucket for everyone, drain the swamp, and I'm with him. Noah was disturbed from his totally original brainstorming session by tremors in the sand below. The sands just outside of camp were splitting open and creating a sinkhole. Rising from the pit is a dark figure with silver hair. Noah raised his sword and attacked. And rising from the sands is a new patron, Taylor, the know-how drow. A dark elf from the Underdark and keeper of the ancient customs of home improvement techniques. Taylor had been sent a message by her good friend Tyra and burrowed up from the Underdark to their campsite to help out, you know, as one does. She entered the moonlit night to see a charismatic man with flowing hair and a glowing sword charging her. 
She took out her trusty plus two crescent wrench and met the blade midair. They locked eyes and stood in a dope pose as the camera panned around them and the scene cut to black. Thank you, of course, to all of our patrons again. Hey, thank you for supporting our podcast and for listening this far along. You guys are the ones that have been sticking with us, and we're really glad that you enjoy the content as much as you do. Be sure to like and give us uh, a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Podbean, somewhere that offers a review. That really helps boost our show to other new people that also would like to enjoy it. You can catch up with us on our social media accounts. We have an Instagram we have Twitter, we have a Facebook page, and all of those are somewhat readily attended to. And we love to interact with you guys on those. Uh, we also have a Reddit that you can post your memes on. And as soon as Tommy gets caught up on the recaps, you can look at those as well if you uh, missed out on an episode or are trying to catch up. So with that, we want to thank you guys again, and we will catch you next week on Fire and Dice. Fire and Dice.